Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we wanted to take a look at the doctrine of grace. The doctrine of grace, God's unmerited favor. One of my favorite passages in the New Testament is Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 8 through 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. I love that passage. It reminds us of what God has done for us. Uh, God has, through his benevolence, uh, forgiven us and absolved us of our sins through the blood of Christ. And it's by his grace that we've been saved, not based on our works, not based on how many hours you spend in ministry, not based on how many worship services you've attended, not based on how much money you've given to charity. It's not based on works. It's not based on uh, how many uh, poor or hungry people that we fed. It's not based on that. Uh, It's based on God's charity towards us. If God would withdraw his power, we wouldn't have any strength to do the things that we do. We wouldn't have any strength to go to work. We wouldn't have any strength to uh, problem solve. We wouldn't have any strength to even go to our mailboxes to get our checks. So we owe everything to God. For by grace are ye saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. And I love the way that's written because it also infers that if man could save himself or herself, if man could do the impossible, then we would take all the credit for it. But the reality is God is the one that has uh, performed all the good works through us. God is the one who through his power, his uh, dunamis power, has given us the strength to do the things that many of us take credit for. But it's really God. And so we thank God for his grace, his unmerited favor. Uh, One of the most important doctrines uh, concerning this grace of God is both, uh, we must look at it from a spiritual and psychological benefit uh, to those who've been regenerated. His grace serves as a testament to his benevolence. That's God's grace. His grace towards humanity serves as the foundation of his mighty works. 
And personally, it's my belief that once we have a biblical understanding of God's grace, it cultivates gratitude in the life of the Christian. And to further buttress my point, uh, it's necessary that we unravel what grace is all about. For example, in the Hebrew tongue, there are actually three words which are translated as grace. The first word is kanye, K-H-A-N-E, which means favor, pleasant, gracious, elegant, and pleased. The second word is tachanun, and it's used when seeking supplication from God or man, as an example, Psalms 86 and 6. And finally, the third word is tob, and tob is used to signify a state of goodness, pleasantness, gladness, being agreeable, and prosperity as in in Nahum chapter 3, verse 4. So these are the three Hebraic references to grace as we find in the Old Testament. And the usage of these words were intended to further illustrate God's love and the need for an appropriate response through gratitude. In other words, when God displays his benevolence through his grace, we, the recipients or, benef- or beneficiaries of that offer, we must show some gratitude. We must show some gratitude. And oftentimes in today's society, I see too many believers who forget to thank God on a regular basis. One thing about keeping God in the forefront of our minds and praising and thanking and worshiping him. The one thing it should produce is humility. For we realize as smart as we think we are, it's only by God's grace that we are still in our right mind. It's only by God's grace, right? As strong as we think we are, it's only by God's grace that we haven't had some sort of physical ailment to restrict us from doing the things that we find joy in doing. One of my friends, uh, unfortunately, is battling uh, cancer. And thankfully, the treatments that he's received has prolonged his life, and uh, he's still able to do uh, certain things. And I appreciate his attitude. Despite his physical restrictions, he realized that God has still smiled on him. God has still shown him grace. He's lived way beyond the prognosis of the doctors. And even though physically he cannot do everything that he used to be able to do, he still realizes that God is still in control and God still loves him and God still allows the uh, sun to shine on him every day and he's still alive to experience these things. So he shows grace. He's grateful. 
Every time I talk to him, he's authentic. He talks about his struggles, but yet he's not allowing himself to uh, descend into having a pity party. God's unmerited favor means that we didn't work for it. He, God just gave it to us because of who he is. He is love and, and the love extends through everything, uh, in, in reality that's connected to him. So, uh, I appreciate my friend's attitude. As a matter of fact, um, I called him recently and we had a good discussion. Um, his treatment is going well and the doctors uh, have a good prognosis for him. Um, and despite all of the struggle, despite his fatigue at times, despite his inability to work for a long period of time, he is still understanding what God is doing through him. He has grace. He's experiencing grace. He's experiencing God's unmerited favor and as a form of gratitude toward his savior, toward his creator, he is doing something in return. Meaning when God does something for us, it's not done in a vacuum. It's not done without a plan. God has a plan for all of us. And we must be prayerful that we understand what his uh, purpose is for our lives. Number one, are we grateful? And a sign of gratefulness is what we do with the overture that God has extended to us. And what my friend does is um, he's now writing letters to different people, to different places to encourage them. So here's a man going battling cancer. Here's a man that's often fatigued. Here's a man going through stem cell uh transplants and uh, going through all these difficulties and visiting the hospital on a regular basis. Here's a man going through these medical challenges and despite what's happening to him, he has enough love to extend to someone else. And we often say it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much to pick up a telephone and call someone. And in his case, he's not only picking up the telephone, but he's also uh pulling out his paper. He's also picking up his pen and he's uh, doing what we don't do anymore. He's putting pen to paper and writing words of encouragement to other people. And that's what uh, the Christian followership should look like. It's not always about us. It's about what God is trying to do through us. It's about us encouraging other people. In the New Testament, the word cherries is translated as grace. This word is found at least 124 times in the New Testament. According to some contemporary biblical scholars, nearly two-thirds of the New Testament occurrences of cherries is translated as grace. And we're spelling the word cherries as C-H-A-R-I-S. The Greek definition conveys this idea of altruism. So in other words, cherries is often used when someone has become a benefactor of unmerited kindness. 
In short, grace is God's unmerited favor. Everything God has done is doing now and will do is rooted in his grace. When we consider all of the things God has done for us, we can't help but to be grateful. Uh, Charles Ryrie uh, wrote the following. He says, God's creation reveals his eternal powers and divine nature, Romans 1 and 20. These aspects of God can be clearly seen by all people who will not suppress the truth in unrighteousness. The glory of God can be seen and felt by all who live under the heavens, which is everybody, Psalms 19, 1 through 6. This revelation of God's of God continues day and night and touches all mankind. This is the largest all-encompassing circle of God's general grace. So in order to better understand how grace fosters uh, gratitude in the life of the believer, it's vitally important that we learn what the scriptures are actually saying in regards to this issue. In order to learn about the effect of grace in a believer's life, one must learn how the concept of grace is used through the Bible. The Bible teaches us about being grateful. It does. It's filled with lessons about being grateful. Uh, when uh, someone does something for us, we should say thank you. When someone... Uh, does something for us that we do not expect, we should say thank you. Um, when they go out of their way and do things that uh, we didn't expect, we should say thank you. And God has gone above and beyond what any man can do. He gave us life. He has uh, protected us up to this point. He has held back certain calamities. Uh, he's given us peace. He supplied us with joy. God has done all of these things for us. And we ought to say thank you. And I do realize that uh, there are many things in this life that uh, that's not what we think uh, should be. I realize that. We all have expectations. And sometimes uh, our expectations are not what we see in reality, meaning they don't match up. So many of us get distraught and we get disappointed. But I promise you, if we find and seek the face of God, then we can start the process of adjusting our standards to his standards because he loves us and God knows everything. He's omniscient. God knows everything. So when we learn to say, Lord, thank you, even the things that I think I should have and don't have, I thank you for this opportunity to wait on you. I, I thank you for saying yes to certain things in my life. I thank you for saying no to certain things in my life. I thank you for the opportunity to even struggle to find out what your will is. Uh, it's an indication that I'm alive. So, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to live, for the opportunity to, to exist. Thank you for the opportunity to breathe. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, look around and see uh, uh, your, your beautiful 
uh, manifold works in nature. Thank you for all the things that you're doing. I may not be the richest person, but how many rich people we uh, do we see are often miserable? They, they, they have all the material wealth, but they're miserable. And as a result, uh, the, you find them uh, drinking all the time. You find them um, wasting their money. You find them taking drugs. Why? Because they have no peace inside. And the one thing that they need most is what they reject, which is Jesus the Christ. So regardless of the state that you're in, as you're listening to us on the radio, keep in mind, every day that God wakes you up, it's, an, it's a reminder that he loves you. And it's a reminder that he has a plan for you. So don't give up. When someone does something uh, something for us, we must respond with gratitude. And we must thank God for that cherish. Now, for the Christian, we have more of an obligation to display our satisfaction for what God has done for us. It should be natural for Christians to display gratitude due to the fact that God has given us an example. For God so loved the world that he gave his only monogenic son that whoever accept him should not perish but should have everlasting life. This fact is highlighted also in Luke chapter 11. The chapter begins with Jesus teaching his disciples about temptation, teaching them about sin, teaching them about forgiveness, and then teaching them about faith. He then teaches them how to increase their faith, verses 5 through 6. He then shows them how to increase their faith. He, he, he lastly uh, uh, performs a lesson involving duty and gratitude. The story of the ten lepers teaches us that those who are servants of God have an obligation to exhibit gratitude, verses 7 through 10. Christ was attempting to show his disciples that displaying gratefulness toward God is duty-centered. It's something that we must do as believers. The Christian displays their pleasure because it is the right thing to do. This fact is also evident by the subsequent story involving the ten lepers. Jesus healed the ten lepers, but only one came back to thank him. The point of this narrative is clear. It is an obligation for the Christian who have experienced God's grace to thank him. It should become habitual for the Christian to always thank God and display the same gratitude by serving other people. Just like God has done for you, do for other people. God has loved us. Love other people. God has loved us when we were difficult. Love, then we should also extend the same overture and love difficult people. God has forgiven us. And his forgiveness doesn't mean that he agreed with the transgression. No, God has forgiven us because we confessed our faults to him. And he has forgiven uh, those sincere uh, requests to be forgiven. So God forgave us. In the same way, when somebody offends us, we need to learn how to forgive. And Jesus talks about that numerous times. How many times should we forget? Right? So... Um, we need to forgive as many times as God has at least forgiven us. And God is not keeping score. That's the whole thing. 
is we're not keeping score. Uh, we're not saying, okay, you, you've offended me one time. You've offended me two times. Uh, the third time, I, I'm not going to take it anymore. Now, let me be clear. I'm not saying that forgiveness is the same as, uh, as excusing someone. That's not what we're saying. See, forgiveness takes you off the hook. It keeps you from becoming bitter. It keeps you from uh, hatred. It keeps you from becoming so angry that, that you become delirious. It, it helps you. It takes you off the hook. God is the one, once we confess our issues to him, God deals with justice. Our job is to learn to forgive. It's not our job to excuse anyone. Uh, God deals with people's actions. So if someone uh, asks for forgiveness, we should forgive them. But we're not saying that you, you put yourself in the same position to be misused, right? God gave us wisdom. God gave us a mind to be prudent. We, we don't put ourselves in abusive situations, okay? That's not what God is saying. What he is saying is that uh, we love the people or we love the person, but we reject the act. We love people ontologically, but we reject some of the things they do, just like God does with us. God loves us ontologically. He loves all human beings. But guess what? Only those that accept Christ will be going to heaven. The other people will be dealt with fairly and equitably. Uh, God's justice will deal with them. So God loves us, but God uh, also separates our existence from our actions. So God can love you ontologically, but yet not accept our worship, not accept all offerings. So we have to be careful that our actions match us up with our confession. It's very important. So this concept of grace, uh, it's an obligation for us to display our satisfaction towards God and towards other people. It, it, isn't it interesting uh, in First John 4 and 20, it asks the question, how can you say you love God whom you have not seen, but yet reject those around you that you do see? It's a question for us to unpack. Uh, God's grace is abundant. Uh, it should be natural for the Christian, right, to display gratitude because we're in the habit of thanking God all the time. Not just at church service, not just at prayer service, not just uh, at Bible study, but at all times. We should be showing that we are thankful that God showed his grace and showered his grace on us as well. So, um, please, if you're listening to this, uh, we know that we, sp- we are speaking to each one of you that are listening, meaning that the spirit of God is touching your heart. Uh, be responsive and be grateful by uh, doing the things God has asked us to do and, uh, and the things he's commanded us to do. That's one way of showing gratitude. Well, we will continue this doctrine of grace on our next episode. I pray that uh, words have been said to make you stronger, to help you in your Christian walk. And again, we thank you all for your prayers. We thank you all for your encouragement. Uh, please continue to pr- uh, pray for Sound Reason Ministries. And as always, uh, uh, this show is, is supported and kept on by those of you who believe in this ministry. 
And we ask that you would consider becoming a financial sponsor, go on our website, and continue to do for the truth what so many do for a lie. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister, Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Hi, friend. Are you stressed, maybe even worried about so many needs around you that you've forgotten you are worth taking care of, too? Well, I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less podcast. I want to invite you to join me as I share practical tips based on science, inspired by God's Word, to help you spark joy and restore God's peace and love to your soul. Subscribe now and go to lifeaudio.com.